we have mortal life within us, but Jesus was often talking about life in a different sense. Life that we have, oftentimes we think about eternal life as something that will occur that is like our current mortal life, only ongoing forever and ever. But that's not the case. It's a different kind of life. This is Nita Erlene, and you are listening to the TRC Ministries podcast. The vision of TRC Ministries is to see individuals fulfill their calling under the authority of the church using the resources of the Kingdom of God. Each type of life has its own ecosystem and habitat suited for its growth and well-being. The eternal kind of life is no different. And just as our body is the natural host for our mortal kind of life, so the relationship of believers in Christ interacting in the power of the Holy Spirit is the natural host for the eternal kind of life. Today is part four of Tori Bjorklund, president of TRC Ministries, continuing his teaching on commissional church at Caravan Fellowship. If the thesis is the Great Commission is a succinct statement about the purpose and function of the church, we should talk about the purpose and function of the church, and that's what I want to do today. We'll start with John 17. The words of Jesus in his prayer, John 17, verse 20, 20 through 26. So this is Jesus speaking, and he's praying. We're coming into the middle of his prayer here. He says, I do not ask on behalf of these alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word. Who's that? That'd be me. So you can associate yourself here. But for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, just as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be perfect in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me be with me where I am so that they may see my glory which you have given me. For you loved me, foundation of the world. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me. And I have made your name known to them and will make it known so that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. Sometimes we refer to this as the high priestly prayer. This is Jesus speaking about us. So we talked about last time, a couple weeks back, what is the church? And so today I want to talk about what is the purpose of the church and what is the function of the church. And I'm going to tell you right up front, what I believe to be the answer to those two questions. And then I want to break it down a little bit for you, what I mean by that and why I think that. So, first of all, the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church. Ecclesia, we were talking about the Greek word that was used in the New Testament for that, ecclesia, is to provide an ecosystem or a habitat for the operation of the life of God in the children of God. And we'll break that apart a little bit and talk more about what I mean by that. And then the function of the church, 
the function of the ecclesia is to operate as the expression of the life of God on earth. So let's talk for a minute. The purpose of the ecclesia is to provide an ecosystem or habitat for the operation of the life of God and the children of God. We need to define a few terms. So what's an ecosystem? So generally, when we talk about ecosystems, we're talking about not only the physical environment, but also the community. And it's always tends to be defined in terms of an organism. So you don't have ecosystems for rocks. You have ecosystems for organisms. So basically, an ecosystem is a community of living organisms. It could be plants, animals, whatever, in conjunction with the rest of their envi environment, their non-living components of their environment. And those could be things like water, air, minerals. So if you think about a plant, the ecosystem is the system that supports sustenance of that plant. It's where the plant exists. If it doesn't have what it needs, it won't exist there. So ecosystems are defined by the network of interactions among e uh, organisms and between organisms and their environment. So that's the Wikipedia type definition of an ecosystem. What's a habitat? What's the difference between an ecosystem and a habitat? So what's a habitat? Generally speaking, the habitat is speaking about a specific organism. The ecosystem is all about organisms that are share a community. So the habitat can be the physical surrounding the environment and so forth, but it's, it's focused on a particular organism. That's the habitat of a certain organism. It doesn't take into account the whole system and, and the interactions necessarily. So I was saying that the purpose of the church, and I, and I keep wanting to use this other word because it doesn't, it doesn't quite have the same charged meaning for some of us, but the ecclesia, the purpose of the ecclesia is to provide an ecosystem or a habitat. And the reason I say or habitat is the idea is focused on that particular, not organization, but organism. And the reason I want to make sure that what we understand here is that we are talking about something that is alive. We are talking about life. Whenever you talk about uh ecosystems or habitats, you're talking about, in the biological world, a biological organism. In the world of spiritual existence, we're talking about a certain kind of a life. And so if I say the purpose is to provide this ecosystem or habitat for the operation of the life of God, we need to understand what, what is life? What does that consist of? So I've talked about this before in the past, and um, I know Nathan has the answer, so I'll limit him and, and ask anybody else. What is life? How do you define life? This is a difficult question. It's actually not that easy to answer. So let me give you the, the dictionary definition that actually is, um, I think, a little bit inadequate in one di dictionary definition anyway. I think it's a little bit interesting, and uh, we'll see if we can point that out. If you Google definition of life, this is what you get from the research tab on, in Google. The condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic manner, including the capacity for growth, reproduction, functional activity, and continual change preceding death. So what's interesting to me is 
If you just take this statement, the condition that distinguishes animals and plants from inorganic matter, there's two issues I have with that. One is it's a true statement, but it doesn't really help you very much. So it does tell you what the word, how the word is used and so forth. This is alive, therefore it has life. You can have a dead animal, and that you hit the nail on the head. Let me ask you a question. Is a dead animal organic or inorganic? It's organic, and it, and it also still has an ecosystem, and part of that it is breaking it down into something that's being used by other organic material that happen to have life. So it's now organic material without life, and so therefore defining life by organic material is not an adequate thing. They go on to add, including the capacity for growth and so forth, but still a dead animal meets their definition and it doesn't work out very well. It's definition by exclusion, but it doesn't work. And that's one of the problems with it is if you say it's, you know, what makes it organic, well, okay, you know, the rock is not alive, but it still doesn't really tell you much about it. So there's a term that scientists use to describe or to define what makes for life and not life. Uh, if this does not exist, then there isn't life. And so it's a helpful thing, although it's a big word or sort of a strange word. It's called teleonomy. So teleonomy is what the scientists often will use to define that thing that distinguishes a living organism from that or inorganic or non-living organism. This is the definition for teleonomy. The quality of apparent purposefulness and goal-directedness of structures and functions in living organisms. So you can't use that for a definition of life because it breaks the rule. It's <laughs> living organisms. But you do get the understanding that now what we're talking about for life is actually that there is something functioning, something that is happening, something that is occurring. So it's a rather abstract idea, but it's measurable when it exists. You've heard the phrase, can he fog a mirror? During the dot-com bubble, if you could say dot-net and could fog a mirror, you could get a job as a developer, as a web developer. What does it mean to fog a mirror? <laughs> breathing. Breathing warm air. I mean, you. <laughs> what happens when we breathe? Okay, we take in oxygen, and we exhale carbon dioxide. Okay, my literal wife <laughs> says we take in air, and our body distinguishes oxygen from all the rest and utilizes that in some way, and then exhale. when we exhale, it, uh, we leave behind what was unused. We also, we also get rid of a byproduct of that process of, what's that... It's actually metabolism. We're metabolizing, and that involves several of our systems, right? Our heart, because where does the oxygen go? It goes from our lungs into our bloodstream, into our blood, and, and so forth. So anyway, this process of metabolizing, for example, is one of those processes that is teleonomy. And when you stop metabolizing, you don't live very long after that. When your heart quits beating, its function is, is to provide the circulation of the blood to help with that metabolic system, right? When it stops beating, 
everything starts shutting down and you have a very short period of time before you're dead. Life is these processes. And when the processes are no longer occurring, you no longer have life. If you take a branch from a tree, you see it, you look and notice certain things that tell you that this is alive. When you remove it from the tree, certain things begin to happen rather rapidly. And you could keep it alive if you're careful and you do certain things. But if you pick up a stick from the forest floor, now I just changed the term, right? A stick from a branch. What's the difference between a stick and a branch? Dead or alive. One of them is dead and one of them is alive. In essence, that's the way that we, we look at this. So we recognize life and death based on the evidence of those processes actually occurring. And I think this is an important thing for us to understand because there are several kinds of processes, and we won't go into all of this today, but there are processes that the Bible speaks about regarding the life of Christ that is in us and among us. We talked a little bit about the difference between the life that's in us and the life that's among us, but I'll just mention it again. When we each individually have life within us, those who are believers in, in Christ, we have life within us that has been given to us, but the life that is among us is what joins us when two or three or more are gathered in the name of Jesus. And it's in the interactions, in the one anotherness, that we begin to observe the process, the teleonomy of the life among us as well. It's in our individual, well, sometimes in our interactions as well, that the life within us comes out as well as we begin to show love and so forth. But oftentimes the, the teleometric processes of the life within us individually occurs in our individual time of interaction with God. So, the purposefulness and goal-directedness is the functioning and the operating of the organism. So when these functions stop operating, the organism dies and is no longer alive. So, you know, there's, we, can, we can think of some of those. I, I mentioned the metabolic system. In plants, we have photosynthesis. It, when you have a green plant, it's working. The little tree in the corner of our dining room is no longer green. Photosynthesis is no longer working. So many of these telonomic systems or processes or functions are actually taking external resources and utilizing them to what purpose? Well, we might say to keep the thing alive, but actually, when you look at these processes, they serve certain purposes, and that's the life. But the purposes are growth, uh, nutritional sustenance to, to support that growth. It could be reproduction, whether it's at the cellular level, or plants have a way of reproducing, right? Okay, animals obviously reproduce. So they utilize these external resources to further the good of the organism individually, as well as the survival of the form of life communally. Reproduction among many organisms is a means of furthering the life communally. Do you understand what I mean by that? Uh, you know, they're, they're con concerned about this with species that are becoming extinct. Um, the beaver. Do you know how long it's been since they said that the beaver was extinct in England? It's hundreds of years, almost 500 years. I didn't know that. The beaver has been extinct in England for 500 years. 
At least that's what they said until they found a beaver here the other day in England. There's a farmer that has a beaver. And they said, is it more than one? He said, well, I've only seen one. But how do you answer that question? I'm pretty sure he's not 500 years old. So I'm not sure. They don't know how he showed up. They don't know how. And they actually able to capture it on a motion-activated camera. But the thing is, we know part of the function for the well-being of the communal existence of a species requires more than one. It doesn't keep going. And that life form, as we know, understand it, is uh, not self-perpetuating. Now, this is different than the spiritual life of God, right? But when we look at mortal life, in order for mortal life to continue on, it has to reproduce. Why? Because it's mortal. It's limited. It, it ends up in one organism, in one person, or one animal, or whatever, it ends up dying eventually. And so, in order to continue the well-being of that particular type of organism, it has to reproduce. So some of the processes serve only the individual, and some of the processes serve the community of that type, that form of life. Okay. So each form of life is defined by its teleonomic purposes. So in other words, if you think in terms of different types of life we have on, on our planet, plant life, for example. What's the difference between plant life and animal, if we just use plants and animals as an example, some categorization. Mobility is one. Are there any animals that do photosynthesis? Not that we're aware of. Um, so part of the classification of the different types of life is, is by observing the different teleonomic functions and say, this is a separation of the different types. Do you understand? Now, Actually, scientists are more and more going into using that going and going away from the old, relatively new, but um, as I was a kid, what did they, what did we get, learn in school about what family, genus, species, or something like that, right? And basically, it started with the assumption of a family tree of evolution. And, and then they found some of them, they go, oh, well, we kind of got that one wrong, and then we kind of got this one wrong. And so they're sort of reclassifying things now. But basically, we understand that there's different types of functioning that we can identify, and we can say, this is a different type of life, therefore, plant life, for example, has different kinds of teleonomic functions than animal life does. And so what I want to do is to place that same kind of an idea that we have mortal life within us, but Jesus was often talking about life in a different sense. Life that we have, oftentimes we think about eternal life as something that will occur that is like our current mortal life, only ongoing forever and ever. But that's not the case. It's a different kind of life. The fact that it can go on is one of the facts that makes it different than the kind of life we currently have. So, based on all of this idea, is my definition of life is the ability to utilize resources to a predefined end or to show purposefulness and goal-directedness in the function of an organism. It's organic, it's functioning, and it has teleonomic 
properties or functions. It, they're, they're actually operating. It means that it is of the type of functioning that is teleonomy. So the term teleonomy is, uh, I'll read that again, the quality of apparent purposefulness and goal-directedness in structures and functions in living organisms. So if you have teleonomy, you have life. The teleonomic functioning of the eternal kind of life is different than the teleonomic functioning of the mortal kind of life. It doesn't metabolize food. It, it, it isn't limited, by the way, by physical properties of doors. We see that happening with Jesus after he was resurrected. Guess what? He no longer was subject to mortal life, nor the properties of that mortal life. We know he joined them in a meal. We know he also, in Emmaus, or at least where they stayed before they got to Emmaus, but I think they were in Emmaus, he broke bread and, at, with them. If we believe Jesus was God in the form of man, then he would have had to have those same functions in his body as we have in our body. When he was resurrected, something was different. They didn't always recognize him. They would be behind closed and locked doors, and he would appear suddenly. He would disappear suddenly. And he also levitated <laughs> into heaven. So there was something else going on, and yet it was the same person. Jesus Christ was the same person after he was resurrected as he was prior to his resurrection. And let me add this. Jesus Christ was the same person in the cradle, wrapped in swaddling clothes, as he was before that body was born with mortal life. He already existed prior to that as a person interacting with God the Father and God the Spirit in what we refer to as the Godhead, the three-in-one. So this idea of what we need to understand is that life itself is part of what makes the person. And this is why what we realize when we talk about people being dead prior to accepting Christ, they do not have the type of life that God initially placed in Adam and Eve that had spiritual teleonomic functioning with the interaction of God directly. And I'll talk more about that coming up, but when God told Adam and Eve, when you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in that day you will surely die. There's something that changed. That life became mortal, first of all. Second of all, meaning that it was going to come to an end. Second of all, they were no longer interacting, utilizing the, the resources directly from God in the way that they were prior to that. Death entered into the world, not only into their physical bodies, but that spiritual kind of <laughs> eternal kind of life no longer was a part of their experience. Okay, um, so the life of Jesus is a certain kind of life that existed in his body with the mortal kind of life that he had as a man. That was bounded. The mortal kind of life that Jesus Christ had was bounded from conception, which was, incidentally, 
conceived by the Spirit, as we're told, and I believe that to be true, and his death on the cross. That is the boundaries of the mortal kind of life that existed in the body of Jesus Christ. But unbounded and spanning through that, if you will, through those bounds, was the eternal kind of life that existed prior to that body and followed and continued in that body and followed him through the resurrection and into heaven. This is a kind of life. And every kind of life has teleonomic functions, but it has an ecosystem or an environment that supports those functions. Okay? So when you think about the idea of reproduction as an example, one of the things that happens in reproduction is that the kind of life that parents contain or have is passed on into a new organism, right? Into a new being. And this is the same thing that happens when we become part of the family of God. We are then, as mortal beings, infused with the kind of life that Jesus Christ himself had prior from the beginning, from forever, and continues to have. That God the Father has, that God the Holy Spirit has, that kind of life is infused into us at that time. It's not something that we wait for till we get to heaven. This is the life of Christ in us. Now, let me give you an example. What, what, do you remember what Paul said in Galatians 2.20? I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in what? In my body. The life that I now live in this physical, visual body that with the members that it has, I live how? By faith. Do you remember that? Do you remember Paul saying that? This is the statement. Paul made another statement in Colossians chapter 3. Therefore, since you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Do not set your mind on the things of this world, on this earth, on this realm, where our mortal life exists, I'm, I'm adding, I'm, but set your mind above where Christ is. Why? For you have died and your life is hidden in Christ. Actually, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Actually, it's the way he said that. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ appears, you also will appear with him in glory. You remember John said, it has not yet appeared what we will, what we will be. Right? But we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And what was the basis of that? The life that we currently have will continue on, and it is a we. We, but what we will look like, will have a different body. Why is that? Because this body here is not designed to host or to sustain that life here on earth. What body is designed to sustain the life of Christ? here on earth. Ecclesia! Hallelujah! The body of Christ! Do you understand what I'm saying? There is, there is nothing in my body that is designed to provide teleonomic functioning with the life of God. There is something in my interactions with other people who have that life that is designed 
to provide teleonomic functioning. It's the one anotherness that actually is the definition that that life exists. Now, that one anotherness, by the way, between me and God is also a teleonomic functioning, and that is part of that life. It's just not visible. My functioning with God is not visible as an expression to the rest of the world. What's visible as an expression to the rest of the world is my interaction with Jason, my interaction with the world, in fact. My interaction with other people is what is visible and is the revelation of the existence of that life. This is why Jesus said, they will know that you are my disciples by your interaction with each other, your love. This is why Jesus said to his father when he was praying, he said, you father are in me and I in you that they also might be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. How do they see that we are in Jesus and in God through Christ Jesus, as Paul put it in Colossians 3, that they may be perfected in unity, that the world may know that you sent me. That's, that's the very next sentence he said. That they may be perfected in unity in order that the world may see or know that you sent me. So I'm running out of time. Every kind of life has an ecosystem and a habitat that is well suited to supporting the teleonomy of the organism containing that kind of life. The eternal kind of life is no different. The ecosystem that is necessary is provided by the presence of God. Why is that? The life of God is self-sustaining. If we are going to experience the sustenance that is necessary for the life of God, we will only do it in the presence of God. So, the ecosystem that is necessary is provided by the presence of God, the entire Godhead. However, the proper expression... Okay, so the expression of that, of Jesus Christ, is only realized when his body is present, the ecclesia. And the body of Jesus is expressed only in relationship in the one another. So this is simply that the life is in the individual, the ecosystem is in the one another. So just as our body is the natural host for our mortal kind of life, so the relationship of believers in Christ interacting in the power of the Holy Spirit is the natural host for the eternal kind of life. So guess what? We can lose our lungs, for example, in our physical mortal body, right? We can lose our lungs and we can remain alive. Why is that? It can hook us up. Why? Well, because there is the system that our lung is, for example, just supporting that system. Do you understand what I mean? The actual functioning is not the, the like our heart that's pumping. They take people's heart out all the time and put in a different heart. And what keeps that person alive while they're hooking things up and doing all of that? A mechanical heart. Mechanation of that. What is actually, and this is why it's so hard to define life, is there's a very abstract thing going on and these things are actually working in the body and it's not the individual functioning of the heart the heart plays a role in the overall system. The heart, the lungs play a role in the overall system. And they have a vital role. But it's the actual exchange of resource into the body that is what the life is about. And so 
when you talk about, for example, where does our life exist? They used to ask this hundreds of years ago. Where does the life exist in the body? You can't separate it out. You can't dissect the body and find where the life is. What I'm wanting to point out here, and I'll go to the function of the church. If the purpose of the church, of the ecclesia, is to support the operation of the life of God, not support the life of God, understand, the operation life of God. Allowing, it's providing a means by which the life of God actually does something in this world. That's what I mean by support the operation of the life of God. We're actually being part of what God, the life of God, is doing in this world. The function of the ecclesia is to operate as the life of God on earth, to actually do it, to actually be part of the fulfillment of the prayer that Christ taught his disciples to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The church is part of the answer to that prayer. And that is to operate as the life of God on earth. The role of our body is to make the life that we have in us able to actually do something with that. For example, part of who we are is that we make decisions. And we can decide to do things, but we can only decide to do the things that our body allows us to do. You understand what I mean by that? You can decide to pick up a locomotive, but you can't do it if your body doesn't support the ability to do that. You can decide to walk across the room, but if your body doesn't support the ability to walk across the room, that part of you, it's there to fulfill the ability to carry out the operation being who you are. But it is not who you are. Your body is not who you are. It carries out the will of who you are. And that is what the body of Christ is intended to do here, is to carry out the will of Jesus Christ on the earth, to actually act as the outward expression of the inward life of Jesus Christ in the individuals. You see, the inward life is in us. The interaction amongst us creates a means by which the inward life can have expression in this physical world. Let me pray and then we'll be done. God, first of all, we know that you came into this world in a form of a physical person as Jesus Christ. But we also know that Jesus Christ existed before that form and continues to exist today. And all of these things we know is true. And I just pray that you help us to understand what our role is in expressing, giving expression to your life here on earth. What our role is in your kingdom coming and your will being done on earth like it's being done in heaven. Help us, God, to participate and cooperate with everything that you want to do in us and among us. And I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening in today. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And for more information on TRC Ministries or to contact us, go to www dot regenerationcenter dot org